0: Hare Krishna everyone and welcome back to reading of the easy journey to other planets by His Divine Grace Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Page number 42 A naturalist can see the general course of material nature simply by studying a piece of fruit. A small fruit develops from a flower, grows, stays for some time on a branch, becomes full-grown ripens, then begins to dwindle daily until it finally falls from the tree, and commences to decompose into the earth, and at last mingles with the earth, leaving behind its seed, which in its turn grows to become a tree, and produces many fruits in time, which will all meet the same fate, and so on, and so on. Similarly, a living being as a spiritual spark, a part of the Supreme Being, takes its organic form in the womb of a mother just after sexual intercourse. It grows little by little within the womb, is born, then continues growing, becomes a child, boy, youth, adult, old man, then finally dwindles and meets death despite all the good wishes and hopeful, pipe-dreams of fiction writers. By comparison, there is no difference between man and the fruit. Like the fruit, the man may leave behind him his seeds of numerous children, but he cannot exist eternally within his material body due to the law of material nature. How can anyone ignore the law of material nature? No material scientist can change the stringent laws of nature, however boastful he may be. No astronomer or scientist can change the course of the planets. He can only manufacture a paltry toy planet, which he calls a satellite. Foolish children may be impressed by this and may give a great deal of credit to the inventors of modern satellites, Sputniks, etc. But the saner section of humanity gives more credit to the creator of the gigantic satellites, namely the Sun, stars and planets of which the material scientist can see no end. If a small toy satellite has a creator in Russia or America, it is reasonable that the gigantic satellites have their creator in the spiritual sky. If a toy satellite requires so many scientific brains for its manufacture and its orbiting, what kind of subtle and perfect brain created galaxies of stars and maintains them in their orbits? Thus. Far, the atheistic class have not been able to answer this. So thus far, the atheistic class has not been able to answer this. Non-believers put forward their own theories of the creation, which usually result in statements such as "It's hard to understand" or "Our imagination cannot conceive it, but it's quite possible." Or "It's incomprehensible. And so forth. This only means that their information has no authoritative basis and is not backed by scientific data. They simply speculate. However, authorized information is available in the Bhagavad Gita. For instance, the Bhagavad Gita informs us that within the material world there are living beings whose duration of life Covers 4,300,000 times 1,000 times 2 times 30 times 12 times 100 solar years. We accept the Bhagavad Gita as authority because this book of knowledge was so accepted by India's great sages like Shankaracharya, Sri Yamunacharya, Sri Madhavacharya, and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The Bhagavad Gita indicates that in a material world, all component forms are subject to decay and death, regardless of their duration of life. Therefore, all material shapes are subject to the law of change, although potentially the material energy is concerned conserved. Potentially, everything is eternal, but in the material world matter takes shape, remains for some time, develops into maturity, grows old, begins to dwindle, and at last disappears again. Mm -hmm. This is the case with all material objects. The materialists suggestion that beyond the material sky there is some other form which is beyond the boundary of visibility and which is strange and inconceivable is but a faint indication of the spiritual sky. However, the basic principle of spirit is much closer, for it functions within all living beings. When that spiritual particle is out of the material body, then the material body has no life. Within the body of a child, for instance, the spiritual principle is present and therefore changes take place in the body and it develops. But if the spirit leaves the body, the development stops. This law is applicable to every material object. Matter transforms from one shape to another when it is in contact with spirit. Without spirit there is no transformation. The entire universe develops in that way. It emanates from the energy of the transcendence because of the spiritual force which is his and it develops into the gigantic forms like the sun, moon, earth, etc. There are 14 divisions of planetary systems, and although they are all different in dimension and quality, the same principle of development holds true for them all. The spiritual force is the creator, and by this spiritual principle only, transformation, transition and development takes place. Life is definitely not generated simply by a material reaction like a chemical combination, as many foolish men claim. Material interaction is set in motion by a superior being who creates a favorable circumstance to accommodate the spiritual living force. The superior energy handles matter in an appropriate way, as determined by the free will of the spiritual being. For example, building materials do not automatically react and suddenly assume the shape of a residential house. The living spiritual being handles matter appropriately by his free will and thus constructs his house. Similarly, matter is the ingredient only, but the spirit is the creator. Only a man with poor fund of knowledge avoids this conclusion. The creator may remain unseen in the background, but that does not mean that there is no creator. One should not be illusioned simply by the gigantic form of the material universe. Rather, one should learn to discern the existence of the Supreme Intelligence behind all these material manifestations. The Supreme Being, who is the Supreme Intelligence, is the ultimate creator. The all-attractive Personality of Godhead, Shri Krishna. Although one may not be aware of this, There is definite information of the Creator given in Vedic literatures, such as the Bhagavad-gita and especially the Srimad Bhagavatam. When a satellite is thrown into outer space, a child may not understand that there are scientific brains behind it, but an intelligent adult realizes that scientific brains on Earth are controlling the satellite. Similarly, less intelligent persons do not have information of the Creator and his eternal abode in the spiritual world, which is far beyond our range of visibility. But in actuality, there is a spiritual sky and spiritual planets, which are more spacious and greater in number than planets in the material sky. From the Bhagavad Gita we receive information that the material universe only constitutes a fraction one fourth of the creation. Such information is extensively available in the Srimad Bhagavatam and in other Vedic literatures. If living energy can be generated in the scientist's laboratory by the interaction of certain physical and chemical combinations, then why haven't the boastful material scientists been able to manufacture life? They should know definitely that spiritual force is distinct from matter and that such energy is not possible to produce by any amount of material adjustment. At present, Russians and Americans are undoubtedly very much advanced in many departments of technological science but they are still ignorant of the spiritual science. They will have to learn from superior intelligence in order to make a perfect and progressive human society. The Russians are unaware that in the Srimad Bhagavatam the socialist philosophy is most perfectly described. The Bhagavatam instructs that whatever wealth exists all natural resources, agricultural, mining, etc. is created by the ultimate creator and therefore every living being has a right to take part of them. It is further said that a man should only possess as much wealth as is sufficient to maintain his body and that if he desires more than that, or if he takes more than his share, he is subject to punishment. It is also stated that animals should be treated as one's own children. We believe that no nation on earth can describe socialism as well as the Srimad Bhagavatam. Living beings other than humans can be treated as brothers and children only when one has a full conception of the Creator and the actual constitution of the living being. Man's desire to be deathless is realized only in the spiritual world. As stated at the beginning of this essay, a desire for eternal life is a sign of dormant spiritual life. The aim of human civilization should be targeted to that end. It is possible for every human being to transfer himself to that spiritual realm by the process of bhakti-yoga, as described herein. It is a great science, and India has produced many scientific literatures by which the perfection of life may be realized. Bhakti-yoga is the eternal religion of man. At a time when material science predominates all subjects, including the tenets of religion, it would be enlivening to see the principles of the eternal religion of man from the viewpoint of the modern scientist. Even Dr. S. Radhakrishnan admitted at a World Religion Conference that religion will not be accepted in modern civilization if it is not accepted from a scientific point of view. In reply, we are glad to announce to the lovers of the truth that bhakti-yoga is the eternal religion of the world and is intended for all living beings who are all eternally related with the supreme Lord. Sripad Shankaracharya defines the word Sanatana or eternal as that which has neither beginning nor end. When we speak of Sanatana Dharma, eternal religion, we take this definition for granted. That which has neither beginning nor end is unlike anything sectarian, which has limits and boundaries. In the light of modern science, it will be possible for us to see Sanatana dharma as the main occupation for all the people of the world, nay, of all the living entities of the universe. Non-sanatana religious faith may have some beginning in the annals of man, but there is no historic origin of Sanatana dharma because it eternally remains with the living entities. When a man professes to belong to a particular faith Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Buddhist or any other sect, and when he refers to a particular time and circumstance of birth, such designations are called non-sanatana dharma A Hindu may become a Muslim, or a Muslim may become a Hindu, or Christian, etc., but in all circumstances there is one constant. In all circumstances he is rendering service to others. A Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist, or Christian is in all circumstances a servant of someone. The particular type of faith professed is not Sanatana Dharma. Sanatana Dharma is the constant companion of the living being, the unifier of all religions. Sanatana Dharma is the rendering of service. In the Bhagavad Gita there are several references to that which is Sanatana. Let us learn the import of Sanatana Dharma from this authority. From this authority. There is reference to the word sanatanam in the tenth verse of the seventh chapter, in which the Lord says that He is the eternal fountainhead of everything and is therefore Sanatana. The fountainhead of everything is described in the Upanishads as the complete whole. All emanations of the fountainhead are also complete in themselves, but although many complete units emanate from the complete sanatana fountainhead, the sanatana head does not diminish in quality or quantity. That is because the nature of sanatana is unchangeable. Anything that changes under the influence of time or circumstances is not sanatana. Therefore, anything that changes whatsoever in form or quality cannot be accepted as sanatana. To give a material example, the sun has been disseminating its rays for hundreds and millions of years, and yet, although it is a materially created object, its form and rays are still unchanged. Therefore. That which is never created cannot change information or quality, even though He is the seedling source of everything. The Lord claims to be the Father of all species of life. He claims that all living beings, regardless of what they are, are part and parcel of Him. Consequently, the Bhagavad Gita is meant for all of them. In the Gita there is information of the Sanatana nature of the Supreme Lord. There is also information of His abode, which is far beyond the material sky, and of the Sanatana nature of the living beings. Lord Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita also informs us that This material world is full of miseries in the shape of birth, old age, disease and death. Even in the topmost planet of the material universe, Brahmaloka, these miseries are present. Only in his own abode is there a total absence of misery. In that abode there is no need of light from sun, moon or fire. The planets are self-illuminous. Life there is perpetual and full of knowledge and bliss. That is what is known as Sanatana Dharma. It is therefore natural to conclude that the living entities must return home back to Godhead to enjoy life in the Sanatana Dharma with the Sanatana Purusha or the purushottama lord shri krishna they must not remain to rot in this miserable land of material existence there is no happiness in the material sphere even in brahma loka so plans and activities for elevation to higher planets within the material universe are carried out by those who are less intelligent Less intelligent men also take shelter of demigods and only derive benefits which endure for a limited period. Limited. Right. uh Thus, Thus, their religious principles and the benefits derived therefrom are only temporary. The intelligent man, however, abandons all engagements in the name of religion and takes shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and thus receives absolute protection from the Almighty Father. Sanatana Dharma is therefore the process of Bhakti Yoga, by which one can come to know the Sanatana Lord in His Sanatana abode. By this process only, one can return to the spiritual universe, the Sanatana Dharma, to take part in the Sanatana enjoyment prevailing there. Those who are followers of Sanatana Dharma may henceforward take up those principles in the spirit of the Bhagavad Gita. There is nothing bearing anyone from adopting the eternal principles. Even persons who are less enlightened can return to Godhead. This is the version taught by Srimad Bhagavatam and by the Supreme Lord himself in the Bhagavad Gita. Mankind should be given a chance to take advantage of this opportunity. Because Bhagavad Gita was spoken in the land of Bharata Varsha, Every Indian has the responsibility to broadcast the message of real Sanatana dharma in the other parts of the world. Especially at the present moment, misguided men are suffering in the darkness of materialism, and their so-called learning has enabled them to discover the atomic bomb. They are consequently on the verge of annihilation. Sanatana dharma however, will teach them about the real purpose of life, and they will benefit by its propagation. Jai Haribol, we have completed the first chapter called The antimaterial Worlds, and tomorrow we'll sh- we'll, we shall start with the second chapter called varieties of planetary systems so thank you so much for tuning in today and the link to this incredible book is in the description you can read along and share it with your friends and we shall see you next time Hi krishna